Welcome to Little Things, your weekly friend meet cute with me, Coastly Cummings. It's cozy time. With Mother's Day coming up, I wanted to share a couple thoughts on what Mother's Day means and what it can mean and what it sometimes means for us. Um, I shared about this in a, a long past episode called Make Mother's Day What You Want It To Be. And I remember when I shared that episode, it was kind of the ideas about Mother's Day were a bit buried. I think I talked about natural deodorant and chocolate cake in the same episode. Um, but I received a lot of messages and even some voice recordings um, from listeners sharing that they had similar feelings about Mother's Day and that sometimes it was a little fraught with anxiety or expectations about what it should look like, but the reality was that it was never what they expected or hoped it would be, um, what Mother's Day even means for you as a mother or as a daughter or as a woman who doesn't have children or it means nothing if it can mean nothing. Um, anyway, I got an awesome message for this episode and I never shared it, but I want to share it now. And then I want to share a few more thoughts on what Mother's Day means to me and how I have made it a day that works for me. I have no idea how this works, but I already sent you a message. Maybe you got it, but here's another one. Um, This is Grace. Um, I was just going to say that I loved what you said about Mother's Day and that um, I did a similar thing this year where I just told Dave I didn't want to do the dishes all day. So he was in charge of that. And it was a great break from that. I still made breakfast and like we still had church responsibilities and all that stuff. It wasn't like the most relaxing day, but it's like whenever you have afternoon church, it never is. Um, And I went to Taylor Swift like the night before, two nights before. And so that was like an awesome break. Um, yeah. And he ended up getting me a juicer for our new like fruit trees. So that was a great surprise. And the kids made stuff at school and you're right. It's just like about celebrating being a mom and spending time together as a family and taking a break if you need it. So I'm with you. To me, Mother's Day is a day to celebrate women. It's a day to celebrate all of the different roles that we carry through our daily lives from when we're young until we're, you know, teenagers and young adults, middle age, aging, and elderly. It's for every type of woman, every person who identifies as woman, um, for all of us who are mothers and those who aren't, for me, I've been a mom for nine years this Mother's Day. Um, I am happy as a mom, but it is sometimes really challenging for me. In fact, one of the hardest things I think in my life, like the greatest blessing and also the hardest thing to be a parent. Um, And I think some of this stems from expectations high expectations from people around me or high expectations that I have for myself. Um, I think it also stems from a feeling of 
loneliness or just confusion that in one side of our mouths, I think that sometimes as a culture or society, we say we appreciate parents and mothers and on the same and, and children and babies and kids and teenagers. And then out of the other side of our mouths, it doesn't seem like we enact many policies or safeguards or or have made much progress towards protecting women and children um, and making sure they're healthy and fed and safe. Um, and so sometimes that feels confusing to me. It feels like a very hypocritical day. Um, I also sometimes don't, I really don't like um, when the tone of Mother's Day or really anything is putting women on a pedestal because as soon as you put someone on a pedestal, you don't really have to think of them as a person and doesn't really make them have a voice. And it doesn't allow us to approach motherhood or womanhood with any sort of nuance or various feelings except that it's an honor or an obligation, uh, an act of service, selflessness. Um, and it can be a really complicated thing and it can be um, painful and tiring, even exhausting. It can be um, devastating for, for relationships. It can be great for relationships. It can be... Um, career ending to have a family or it can really inspire you and bring a whole new sense of creativity and ambition to your life. Um, but it doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. Um, and so sometimes the overarching themes of Mother's Day are a little uncomfortable for me. Um, I personally feel um, very happy to be a mother and like very happy that I can participate as a mother on Mother's Day and very proud of my children and honored honestly to have carried them and birthed them and now raising them. But I always want to be sensitive towards what this day could mean for everyone. Um, so just know that on Mother's Day, I'm thinking of you and however you want to celebrate or not celebrate or the different feelings that you feel are are fine and are valid. And I think we all have certain misgivings about having a holiday around Mother's Day. The other thing I want to say is that for me, I think of Mother's Day just like other holidays that uh, seem to center on me. <laughs> like my birthday. I think of Mother's Day similar as the way I think of my birthday starting in my late 20s, which was that I felt a switch where I went from assuming that my birthday happened for me to my birthday happened. It happens no matter what. Every year you turn a year older and I would make my birthday happen the way that I wanted to happen. And I'm super lucky. I married someone who loves to give gifts and is extremely thoughtful at those giving those gifts and is really romantic in that way. Um, so I feel like birthdays and Christmas and various holidays where there's gifts, I'm always surprised and like amazed at like the thought and 
kindness and romantic gestures that go into the gifts that I receive for those for those events. And I know that's not, um, not everyone has that. So I feel very lucky in that department. That being said, I think there are some times um, where I realized that things were not happening the way I wanted them to. And as I got older, I just was like, oh, I realized that I don't always want a surprise party (laughs) or I want it to be more intimate or I want, or I do actually just want to be with my friends on my birthday. Um, or I want to pick out my own gift or I don't want to do this, this, and this on my birthday. And that feels like a break. So just like on my birthday, how I realized every year on June 8th, which is my birthday, I have a party at my house for myself with friends. Um, I even did it during COVID. We just like, uh, just a few of us got together in my backyard and wore masks I made some mediocre bread (laughs) and we just hung out around the fire. Um, But like every other year, I think for like the past five years or something, I have my own birthday party. It's really just like girls coming over and we hang out, we talk and we eat good food together. And there's usually a fire and it's weirdly romantic. And they always make fun of me for it (laughs) because it's kind of like I'm like setting the mood and I'm kind of setting the mood because I'm in love with my friends. Um, but, oh yeah, and I usually buy flowers anyway, and I buy like all sorts of Trader Joe's snacks. It's like a whole thing. Um, and that's what I like to do on my birthday. And I also like to do other things for my birthday. So sometimes I have, you know, a different day or something where, um, we do something as a family or I go on a date with my husband or do something at home. Um, but I know that just for my actual birthday, I like to like, or sometimes I go to a movie by myself and take myself out to lunch or I go for a really long walk um, or hike or something, which are things that I really, really like to do or just read by myself for a long time or bake or cook by myself. But anyway, Mother's Day can be the same thing. And I feel like the key here is that you just have to think ahead of time about what you like. So like think about <laughs> sometimes you can work in reverse order. So I sometimes get resentful about things or I'm a martyr about things. So I think, okay, well, what am I a martyr about? What am I feeling resentful about? What am I trying to pick a fight about? What or what like irks me on these days or on the days before this special event day? I take note of that mentally where I write it down and then I think, well, why why does that bother me? <laughs> why does it bother me when XYZ or he doesn't X or they don't why or whatever. And then I go to bed at night and I'm just not, I'm just kind of mad or I'm just kind of sad or whatever. So then I say, okay, well, in the ideal world, what would I do on my birthday or Mother's Day? Like, what do I need? And it's not always the same every year or sometimes certain things aren't possible, but I try not to think of those limitations or like we shouldn't buy anything or you know, shouldn't spend any money or I won't have the time or we're going to be, you know, I'm sick or something, but I try to think like, well, in an ideal world, what would I do for this day? And for me, Mother's Day, there's like a few things that I know that I love. One is I need a couple hours to myself on Mother's Day. It's like kind of intense a little bit. Um, Like I, I love it's the day, but like, I always just want more alone time. Like it just in general in my life, 
And as a mother, I just want to be away from the people that I mother and the person that I'm married to. Like, so on Mother's Day, I want that space. And I get plenty of space outside of Mother's Day. But for some for some reason, it's very special to me to have my partner see that that to see me as a person on Mother's Day who there are no ifs, ands, or buts. I just like need to be alone because I'm a human and sometimes humans want to be alone. So in the afternoon, he will take them, not babe to babysit because dads don't babysit, they parent. <laughs> so take the kids away and I want to be home alone because I feel like that's so rare. I'm actually having that right now and it's amazing. I'm doing this podcast and all my kids are at the park with the nanny and my husband is at the office at work and it is like glorious being home alone. Oh my word. I love it. Um, so I want to be home alone. I love having breakfast in bed. That is not a requirement. However, that is something that we did. I did for my mom, you know, my dad would get up early and then he would mostly make everything honestly. And then we would come in and like kind of help at the tail end. And then we'd walk in and he'd be carrying a tray and we would take my mom breakfast in bed and they would have like cards and sometimes presents, but usually just like pretty crappy cards. My poor mom. Now I realize I'm like, Oh, I really should have. Anyway, you just don't know when you're young. Um, and then we kind of sit by her in bed and she would always act surprised, even though we did this every year, it was so cute. And she like purposely stay in bed. She'd be like, Oh my gosh, like so excited. We come in and then we end up hanging out by her while she's eating her breakfast and she's like kind of sharing it with us. <laughs> but I just loved like being by her. And I just remember, I still remember like the way that I just, that she looked like sitting in her bed, like leaning against the pillows and she'd always just be like reading um, her like various books that she loved to read and listening to like background music or something on her radio and her like little cute pajamas and nightgown. And it's just like very happy memories thinking of her. And I just remember it felt really special to help her feel special. Um, and it meant something for our whole family to like recognize her on Mother's Day. Um, and I'm not sure that we would have done that if we hadn't had a day. You know, I think that's the other, you know, we have sometimes mixed feelings about Mother's Day, but the truth is, is I kind of feel like unless you like set the date or the time or you like legitimately make it a thing, like it's just so easy to forget. And I feel like Mother's Day and Father's Day, it's a good way to just kind of reset and be like, I appreciate you. I'm going to do these things to show that I appreciate you. The other thing I do is just like my birthday is have a conversation with my husband that always feels whenever I talk like this to him, we always joke that it feels like we're over communicating. I'm always like, okay, I'm saying these things. It feels like I'm over communicating, but that's probably the right amount of communication, right? I feel like a lot of us didn't grow up with enough um, communication or like we're all just learning how to do this, right? There's not like a I was going to say there's not a blueprint for marriage, but there isn't. It's always going to be different because it's always two different partners, right? So we have these like very straight shooter conversations where I'm like, he says what he wants or I say what I want. And I say, for my birthday, I would like, like, I don't play games or anything. It's just like, we're so beyond that. Like, it's like, no, really just tell me what you want. And if you want a surprise, then tell me that too. Like, the more clear, the better, the better for everyone. So with Mother's Day, it's like, I want that alone time. I want breakfast in bed. I'd really like 
bacon and two fried eggs. And like, you can surprise me the rest, but I really love that there's berries too. Like <laughs> kind of thing. And like, I wouldn't mind if there was a present. And he's like, sounds good. And he sometimes he like gets kind of embarrassed. He's like, okay, okay, let me just do it. Cause he really likes to do this kind of thing. He doesn't need my input on how to be thoughtful and how to make me happy. And he knows what I like. So I feel like it's sometimes over communicating, but at the same time, I'm like, just to make sure that we're on the same page because I know it's a bit touchy for me. And, um, a lot of, I mean, this is a different tangent, but a lot of the work we do as women, as mothers, as people is invisible. And so, and we all want to feel appreciated. That's just like a universal human need. And so I think of my birthday and Mother's Day and even Christmas sometimes as a day where I can show my appreciation and I can receive appreciation. And I do in some ways expect that because and within my immediate, you know, my immediate family. So like my husband and my kids, that's something that we all share. That's a, those are very special days. And we want to make sure that we all feel, you know, extra loved on those days because sometimes we just don't get that. We just don't take the time like we should other times. So that's kind of what I do for Mother's Day. It has worked um, really well for us. Um, I think I've had some rough Mother's Days that are what taught me that I should take the proactive step in making Mother's Day what I want it to be. The other part of this is that it's just a little gentle reminder that, um, I don't know, not, not that not all of us have partners that are willing or able or, I don't know another word, but just aren't quite there with um, perceiving what we need. So really verbally communicating that could be really important. And if that's not something that that your person can do, then maybe try to find a way to do it for yourself still. Because you're still, you still need to appreciate yourself and show that appreciation. And if someone's not going to give it to you, then you need to still give it to yourself. So I fully for buying your own presents if you need to do that or um, making yourself a really nice meal for Mother's Day or taking yourself on a long walk or it doesn't have to cost any money. It doesn't have to take away from anything. But like this is the other gentle reminder is that a lot of times we as women, we feel like we have to ask permission to like enjoy ourselves or like, like if you're in a room full of girls and someone comes in and says like, are you guys hungry? It's like, everyone like looks at each other like are we hungry it's like are no are you hungry <laughs> like ask yourself are you hungry are you hungry do you, or do you want what do you want for mother's day what do you want for your birthday you don't need to look side to side it's like you already know what you want and for a lot of guys like they don't ask for permission so just imagine you're a guy and ask yourself like well what would i if i was a guy and this was supposed to be a special day for me like what would i do and that might give you a little more courage to be like yeah, I should just do those things. Like it's not taking anything away from anyone else. Um, and if anything, taking better care of yourself and feeling more appreciated and resting more and having more fun and overall just being a happier, more fulfilled person, you should do that because you're special and because you're worth it. But also that really helps everyone around you. Like everyone else who loves you, if they really love you, then they want you to be happy and fulfilled and re well rested and taken care of. Um, and so you got to do that for yourself. Anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts on Mother's Day, what you do, what you don't do, 
what works for you, what doesn't work for you. There's all sorts of stuff swirling around right now. And honestly, sometimes it just makes it all, all like so, I don't know, it just makes me kind of tired. <laughs> but then there's parts of it that I really like that I think are really sweet. Um, but I would love to hear, you know, what works for you. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is an essay or a blog post that I wrote for the baby brand Munchkin like several years ago. At the time, I only had three kids and now I have four. And I shared it on a past episode and recently found it in my audio archive and thought, you know, I may have four kids now and the list of 100 things would be different but it still resonates really deeply. So I hope you enjoy this essay about the 100 things I did in a day for my kids. 100 things I did for my kids today. Being a mom is everything I ever dreamed of and so much more. Every mom's list looks different, but in one 24-hour period, I did the following for my three kids. Number one, I got up, filled up a sippy cup, and delivered it to a thirsty toddler. Two, picked up underwear on bathroom floor, note suspiciously wet. Three, turned off a fan, sound machine, and bedside lamp. Four, made oatmeal just the way they like it. Five, turned off the TV, sidestepped an argument. Six, changed a dirty diaper. Seven, half-dressed two-year-old, he ran off when I turned my attention to said shirt fight below. Eight, Mediated a fight over who gets to wear the Lego shirt. Nine, packed two lunches with the weirdest leftover snacks and fruit in our pantry. We need to go grocery shopping. Ten, helped sound out the word stomachs while making lunches. Eleven, confidently discussed Bumblebee and Blaze with our four-year-old while making lunches. Twelve, filled a sippy cup with water, toddler screams, dumped it out, filled with milk instead while making lunches. 13. Reminded everyone to put on their shoes, grab a sweatshirt, and get their backpacks. And don't forget your lunch about 10 times. 14. Cuddled two-year-old while he sucks his thumb. 15. We listened to my son read Elephant and Picky while my husband does preschool drop-off. 16. Hug, kiss, wave goodbye to kindergartner. Did you get your folder, lunch, jacket? 17. Finished dressing two-year-old. I guess he needs pants. 18. Straighten and vacuum living room to create the illusion of order post-school. 19. Wash dishes, clear table, sanitize everything so we don't all die from weird diseases. 20. Throw in a load of laundry, one out of 15 every week. 21. Cuddle two-year-old while he sucks his thumb and breathe in his scent. This child is cute. Then he elbows my pregnant belly. Moment over. 22. Drive to three different grocery stores to get the food we all like. 23. Come home, unload groceries, make a snack, fit for a baby king. 24. Make a snack, fit for a mama queen, a hangry mom who is a mean mom. 25. Chop a few vegetables and throw in some broth and chicken into the Instant Pop and hope for the best. 26. Rotate laundry. 27. Wash dishes. 28. Clear table. 29. Wipe toddler's face and hands. 30, change toddler's wet diaper, and 31, venture upstairs to straighten the kids' room and change their sheets. 32, listen to podcasts while doing all of this. This makes domestic chores tolerable, aka get done. 
33. Clean bathroom. 34. Try to convince toddler to not help me scrub the toilet with his brother's toothbrush. 35. Order diapers. Crap, that was close. 36. Since I'm already on my computer, I respond to a kindergarten potluck email. 37. And another about preschool yearbooks. 38. And another three about future playdates. 39. And since I see the reminder on my Google Calendar, I call Kaiser and schedule two well checks and a specialist appointment. 40. Sit down and cuddle toddler again. He kind of smells weird. We play cars for five minutes. 41. I look at my phone. Remember, I haven't sent pictures of the kids to their grandparents for ages, so I pick the top three and text them to each set. 42. Check Google Docs to see if my client has any feedback on my most recent edits. 43. Make lunch for toddler and I. 44. Eat soup together and sing baby beluga. Did I mention this two-year-old is cute? 45. Prep Tupperware of snacks and throw it in the double stroller. We're walking to preschool pickup today. 46. Walk past our favorite neighbor's house so toddler can wave at his favorite human. 47. Walk uphill to preschool using pushing 36-pound toddler. My eight-month pregnant body can barely handle it. 48. Text a few friends to coordinate a park meetup later that afternoon. 49. Arrive at preschool. Sign kid out. This is a symbol of my love. I hate doing this. 50. Convince four-year-old walking home with his stroller will be fun. 51. Push two kids half a mile to the elementary school where we hang out and wait for school to get out. 52. Hug kindergartner and gauge his mood. Determine the next hour's activities for the four of us based on this assumption. 53. Walk home together. 54. Promise timeouts for any more whining. 55. Promise a really good afternoon snack that doesn't exist yet. 56. Make food for the four of us while, we, while the two-year-old cries at my leg. Skipped nap. Four-year-old tells me about setting boomy traps for Arthur and six-year-old bemoans how short lunch recess was. 57. Set up food on the back porch and eat together. Walk the delicate balance of hangry but still functioning. 58. Make a plan together. Choose which park we should go to, whether we take scooters, and which friends we should meet up with. 59. Quickly throw a bunch of weird snacks and cheese sticks into the tote bag. And water. 60. Remind everyone to use the bathroom before we go about eight times. 61. Grab toddler's sandals on the way out of the door. 62. Drive to the park and fill the sweet relief of a fenced-in outdoor play area with playmates. 63. Help four-year-old in the potty because he forgot to go before we left. 64. Try to keep two-year-old out of the park bathroom. 65. Slather sunscreen on all three of them and myself. 66. Remind them if they throw sand, we're leaving. 67. Remind them if we hit each, if they hit each other, we're leaving. 68. Remind them if they whine and act bored, we leave to go home and do jobs. 69. I relax on a blanket and talk with friends and eat snacks. This makes me happy, and a happier mom is a happier mom for my kids. 70. Mediate a sand toy dispute. 71. Hug a crying boy. Any one of the three or all three. 72. Clean a boo-boo and put on a band-aid. 73. Ask everyone if they're thirsty and make them drink water. 74. Round up loose sandals and sand toys and kids and say goodbye to friends. 75. Rack my brain for dinner plans as I'm driving home. Remember the Instant Pot. 
76. Order everyone to strip on the porch so 14 pounds of sand don't get dragged into my house. 77. Bathe three kids simultaneously. 78. Threaten to confiscate bath toys and squirt guns. Again. 79. Laughed at how cute they are all together. 80. Made a plan for what bedtime books to read. 81. Drained tub. Dried off kids. Dressed two-year-old in pajamas. 82. Applied lotion on everybody. 83. Told older brother to take a break. 84. Dished up soup. Everybody refused to eat it. 85. Except the two-year-old, because he's the best. 86. Toast four pieces of organic sprouted grain bread and dish up full fat yogurt and local honey. They eat 40% of it. 87. Hurt everyone upstairs, or try. 88. Get too tired and we all sit on the couch and hang out for 20 minutes. 89. Rally again. Get everyone upstairs. 90. Enforce toothbrushing. 91. Enforce potty, flushing, and hand washing. 92. Wash four-year-old's glasses with signature superwash. Heart melts. 93. Cuddle up and bottom bunk to read. I pretend I'm comfortable, but I barely fit. 94. Somebody hit somebody else and I threaten no more reading time. 95. We read three more books. 96. Two-year-old tackles us all and gets banned to his toddler bed. 97. Other two start crying and now everyone has to go to their beds. 98. I rub backs, play with hair, and listen to their chatter for a few minutes. 99. Say a prayer of gratitude together, whisper I love you into each of their ears, and turn on the sound machine. Sono speakers for lullabies and a bedside lamp. 100. Go back in several times before I go to bed to admire their sleeping faces and perfect, scrawled out, sprawled out bodies. Hold my belly and shake my head in awe and utter complete, in utter and complete exhaustion. And I probably missed a hundred more things. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Little Things. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can hear about all the new episodes. And if you want to follow along a little more, hop on Instagram and follow me at Coastally Cummings. And you can also subscribe to my newsletter at coastally.substack.com.